we are recording with the one and only author of UFOs in the White House, which the link to the book will be in the description. It's a fantastic book. I wouldn't keep having Mr. Burns on if I didn't enjoy his book. I was just telling him I'm having one of those days where I literally put my pants on backwards and I'm now looking at the live stream and I realize I misspelled your last name in the title. So the, the this this is a day that we'll just keep on giving. And uh, But with that, Mr. Burns, please introduce yourself. I am Bill Burns. I am a professor of English, an attorney, and a New York Times bestselling author and the host of UFO Hunters and one of the special guests on Unexplained on Fox and Ancient Aliens on History. And I'm going to make a note of it right now. I need a, I think I showed you last time. I need to send you one of the Bob Lazar hoodies I made. I think you are one of the few people that will actually appreciate it. Um, and uh, what do you think of, I think it was last week, the, I believe the head or the director, I'm not sure what the actual official title is for Space Force, came out and said that we need to start preparing for uh, otherworldly threats. Absolutely. <laughs> Here's the deal. Okay, let me. This is going to sound wacky. Not at all. This is, you're going to say some send the white van with the straitjacket. But here's the deal. Is it Bluebeam? They know, okay? The government, those responsible for monitoring, call it ET activity. They're not really ETs. They're us. Yeah. Monitoring ET activities. They know. Yeah. They know, on the one hand, what the uh, professor of astrophysics at Harvard said, that out there at the very edges, edges of our solar system, beyond where we can, is a mothership. Mm -hmm. And that mothership is launching scout ships into mm. our solar system. Why would they do that? Or Basically, since I believe we are the ET, why would we do that? Here's the reason. When these strange orbiting asteroids and uh, uh, meteors come into our solar system and they're orbiting, they're spinning like this and they're spinning like this, they're not regular orbiting uh, space objects. They are lawn sprinklers. And what they're doing is, as they pass through um, planetary systems, our solar system, uh, the other galaxies, they're spreading water. And in the water is the DNA. I believe our DNA. And that's how we populated the universe. Hmm. So I believe that our government knows that. I believe that our government knows that at some point, either they're going to figure out a way to disclose the truth, or we are going to figure out a way to close the truth, oh, to disclose the truth. So what's happening now, I believe, is there is a kind of a negotiation going on. Okay. You're, um, anybody who's been in the uppermost echelons of the CIA, who's retired. <laughs> will tell you, we've been in contact with um, off-planet life forms for years. We know they're there. So all we have to do, uh, imagine trying to preserve 
Earth's institutions, and I mean its cultural institutions, not just TikTok or, or Twitter or the networks. What I'm talking about is the churches. Okay. The church, the uh, the Vatican, the uh, the heads of the religious bodies, world governments. If human beings found out that we are literally on this planet because of the largesse of life forms on another planet who are actively monitoring us, probably live here among us, mm -hmm. probably control our fates. You know, the Isaac Asimov story of, of, of psychohistory and the foundation is the Selden plan. Mm -hmm. All that is possible and even likely. If that's the case, the last thing a Joe Biden is going to do, first of all, Donald Trump is not going to do it because he's not going to make any money on it. So, so, <laughs> so why would he disclose? It's true. Why would he disclose that? Why would Joe Biden disclose that? He has enough problems. Sure. So I believe that what they what the government has done or what governments do in general Human beings love to avoid responsibility. That's in our nature. Mm -hmm. Attorneys, Joe Biden's a lawyer, all lawyers are risk averse. Yes. And there's a reason for that, right? That's the, one of the first things you learn in law school. You have a fiduciary responsibility to your client. You screw up, you screw your client up. Your client's interests come before yours. Hmm. That's why attorneys are risk averse. Biden is not going to get up and say, hey, you know, extraterrestrials are here and they run us. And, you know, hey, you people who've been uh, abducted. Yeah, yeah. You were abducted. What do you know? What are the odds on that? So um, he's not going to do that. What is going to happen is rather than like a stand up disclosure, there will be some sort of realization and an acquiescence about the existence of other life forms. I mean, one of the big things, I think the biggest thing, I'll tell you right now, I believe this. The biggest thing is if there is a disclosure that we are not the only humanoid life forms on this planet. Mm -hmm. Think of how shocking that would be. And I'm not just talking about E.T. on a bicycle with a big head. Yeah. I'm talking about things we've actually seen on this planet. Bigfoot. Sure. Sasquatch. Yeti. Do you know that on Native American reservations, here's a story. On the Navajo reservation, there are homicide police, you know, you know, the indigenous people's reservations, the Navajo, the Apache, they all have, they all have their own tribal police, right? Because they're, so they're all their own tribal police. They, and it's a regular police force, regular detectives, homicide detectives. Well, in this police force on the Navajo reservation, there were these two homicide detectives. A rancher um, owns cattle, sees a wolf 
Wolf is going into his cow corn, okay? Grabs his shotgun, shoots the wolf. Here's the animal hit, right? Did I kill the animal? Did I wound the animal? You don't want a wounded animal going after your cattle, okay? So he goes into the cornfield to look for the animal he shot. Finds a leg, and as he's pulling the leg out of the corn row, it's a human being. Jesus. He calls the police. Yeah. He tears. I, I shot a... I, and he tells the cops. Yeah, I thought, thought it was, it was a wolf. wolf, yeah. Yeah, thought it was a wolf. I was, it was on all fours. Why was it on all fours? I just... The police chief tells the two homicide cops who investigated that. He said, you guys are now the paranormal rangers. What? He, 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 he says, you guys are going to, you two are going to investigate all the paranormal events on this community, the um, Navajo reservation. And they began to investigate some of the most ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot. And the people they were talking to were the last of the Navajo code talkers. Oh, from World War II. All right. Elders. They told them all the stories. So it could be, I think it's just as likely that when we arrived on this planet, remember the story in the Bible? The Nephilim came down mm -hmm. and the sons of the Nephilim, the children of the Nephilim married the children of, okay. That's what happened. We came down and we actually, I believe, we actually drove off the original inhabitants, reptiles. Like we did, I mean, I mean kind of what we yeah, did with the United States. Bigfoot drove them away. And where they are are the places where they're not going to be hunted. Deep forest, underground, bottom of the ocean. There you go. So and, I believe that we coexist with other humanoid life forms, maybe on this planet, whom we replaced. And that's why there's antipathy. And all these ideas, like, you know, we joke, yes, yeah, and the van with the straitjacket. But I mean, if you really flush these out, none of these ideas in themselves are novel. Wipe out an indigenous people. That's the United States, baby. We came and took out the Indians. Uh, replace another existing life form, right? I mean, the shrew survived the dinosaur, right? That right. that was an unlikely, that was an unlikely mm -hmm. underdog story. Uh, arriving at a different planet, moon, Mars, We've done that. These are all uh, observing uncontacted tribes. We have looked at less technologically advanced, not even less technologically advanced, beings that look at us like we're aliens, and they're in the Amazon. These are all, these occur well, exactly. in our own exactly. lives. Why can't and, it happen and, again? And, you know, in the Philippines, one of these isolated islands in the Philippines, there was a, a, a species of hominids, us, mm -hmm. But they were four and a half feet tall. Yeah. What was, what was right? the name for them? Homo florensis. Right? Yeah. That's what they were called. But they existed a thousand years ago. Yeah. A thousand years is right in the rear history. view. Right in the rear view mirror. Exactly. It's that. It's, 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 so, so therefore, therefore, what other species might there be? Yeah. I mean, I've heard stories from Native Americans on the reservation 
I mean, they tell stories. I mean, when we were at Dulce, New Mexico, so we're walking up, yeah, the truck broke. So we had to walk up 8,000 feet. Not fun. Jeez. And um, there's this rustling in the bushes alongside us. What's that? He said, oh, maybe it's a, um, a mountain lion. Mountain lion. He's not going to attack us. They don't care. I said, but maybe it's Bigfoot and it's going to stay away from us. Bigfoot? He says, yeah, they're all over the place. See, they live in places where they're not going to be hunted or targeted. Hmm. We, white Europeans, drove them away, Caucasians. Hmm. Do you think there's any validity to the idea of, um, I forget who said it, I heard it years ago, but I do like the idea, and it's that the, whatever you want to call it, the military elite, financial intelligence, technocratics, whatever, they want to figure it out first so they can break it down for us, us peasants, in a sense that it's so, like the first time they probably ever, I don't know, started theorizing about subatomic particles, it was so mind-melting that you kind of had to be like, what is this, right? We have parents that tell us about, you know, you're getting older, you're going through puberty, you're falling in love. We have sort of our own elders who guide us through. Mm-hmm. We don't have any elders with this. So do you think there's any, it's it's not, it's it's not or, it's a it's an and or, the, the idea that it's going to collapse institutions or destroy the paradigm of what the reality we live in. Is there any maybe validity to the idea of, they're still trying to figure it out to turn it palatable for us. And that's not good. It means they're gatekeepers, and I don't necessarily agree with that. But regardless of my opinion, just objectively, do you think there's any any meat to that idea? Sure. I think so. I think that they are as worried as probably our government is Okay. about doing something so stupid they, uh, they destroy things. For example... I don't think we're the first civilization on this planet. Me neither. We know from the Bible and Noah's flood, there was a whole civilization before us, right? Wiped out. We know from um, artifacts like um, uh, a Gobekli Tepe mm-hmm. in Com- Turkey, which is 10,000 years old. Completely so it's buried. Like older, so it's like older than the Roman Empire, older than the Greek Empire, right? And Anatolia. And then on the walls of that temple, it says this were, uh, uh, this structure was built by the elders. The elders? The elders? That's 10,000 <laughs> years old. How old are the elders, right? Yeah. So um, that's, I believe there was at least one probably more. I mean, this planet is 3.5 billion years old. We don't know how many species that could be considered vaguely humanoid, vaguely hominid, existed on this planet for those 200,000 years. Now imagine, imagine you've seeded a planet, okay? Now, how are you going to, this is my theory too, how are you going to manipulate the DNA of the life forms that you've implanted on that planet? I mean, you're going to land in a flying saucer like like the day the Earth stood still, and say to all the or, or like the um, school students in Rue, Zimbabwe, where the ship yeah, yeah. landed and the guy admonished them on destroying the planet. 
Are you going to do that? No, you'd probably do a virus. You do a virus. That's exactly what you do. And in fact, how do you get people to imbibe the virus? Why don't you put it into food? Yeah. So there you are, caveman, walking along, your hominid, ape, whatever you are. You're walking along, you see a patty uh, from an antelope or something. And out of the patty is a mushroom. Yeah. That looks good. Yeah. Eat the mushroom. That is how to um, implement changes in the DNA structure. We're doing it now with RNA vaccines. I mean, here's COVID, mm-hmm. right? And COVID isn't just, it, it came from, from Chinese bat. I mean, let's, let's be realistic. Um, we know that COVID particles and the virus particles adhere to particles in the air. So a volcano erupts, right? Spreads across China, spreads across the world. Virus particles attached to it. Yeah. So we know that. So if you're trying to influence the genetic development of a planet, and, and of course, so what we do is we say, fine, our vaccine is going to treat the RNA. Why RNA? Because RNA is the messenger part of mm-hmm. our cells, right? With a change to the RNA, that change gets conveyed to the DNA, and that goes to the next generation. There have been experiment after experiment after experiment to show that that's how that works. <clears throat> so, like, if, if, if you want to, for human beings, the basic premise is you want to have healthy children, eat healthy. Mm-hmm. You eat crap, you're going to get children who are weak. Yeah. You're going to you eat healthy, you're going to get healthy children. Because, uh, 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 that was proven by this guy, yeah. Pottinger, with a series of cats. Epigenetics. It is genetics. It's called epigenetics. Mm-hmm. And so that's how human beings evolved. And that's how extraterrestrial events, like the crash of a meteor, the crash of an asteroid with with all kinds of viruses in it. Crashing into the Antarctica, the Antarctica melts because of global warming, the virus spreads. That's how genetic changes on this planet. So let's take that another step, like a meta step. So they've probably been doing that for eons, just tweaking the DNA here and there, just kind of guiding it. And then once we finally get to the who knows maybe they've done this a million times and you know most of the times the the project dies off and maybe we're one of the few ones that that got to electricity and computers and then the idea that right the transistor or the logic gate came right after 1947 right the aliens yeah so Roswell. maybe they lay that in there and they're like now let's guide this that's right because you know um i don't think that the ETs that planted us here are somehow um, uh, incapable of making mistakes. Sure. I mean, when you look, I mean, really, when you consider what was in, take it as a, as a fact, just for argument's sake, that there was a crash at Roswell and that we recovered technology from that um, craft. When you look at what we recovered, at least what we know we recovered, an integrated circuit, um, um, hyper um, 
hyper-energized light waves, hyper-energized sound waves, lasers and masers, um, cutting tools, right? Um, the the um, foldable metal, which later became Kevlar. So when you consider that, one of the things that struck me when I read the list of things that Phil Corso said that he recovered, that, that was recovered from the craft, I thought to myself, that's really not advanced technology. I mean, um, Bretain and Shockley at um, Western Electric were working on a device which became the transistor for 10 years before the crash at Roswell. Hmm. They were doing this by 1935. They were trying to replace the Edison tube, the radio tube, with a device, the same device that could um, stop the flow of electrons and begin the flow of electrons one electron at a time. That's a transistor. Yeah. <clears throat> so they did that. They couldn't figure out how to do it. They could not figure they could not figure out how to stop the flow. Only after they got a piece of what was in that spacecraft. And they saw, wow, it's not pure silicon, it's silicon and arsenic. Were they able to duplicate that, reverse engineer it? By 1948, they had a working transistor. By 1949, they had a patent we were holding those little transistor radios. Hmm. So that was one very tangible, visible result from the crash at Roswell. But, um, they took that foldable material to places like Monsanto. They took it to IBM. They took the, um, the laser to Columbia University, where the Army and Columbia, and remember, Dwight Eisenhower, who would become the president, mm -hmm. was the president of Columbia at the time. I didn't know that. Eisenhower was intimately involved with this, intimately. Not only did Eisenhower see a UFO over the North Sea in 1952, when he was on the bridge of the United of the first American nuclear aircraft carrier, the USS FDR, uh, and then he he told. But here's what's interesting. He said to the bridge crew, strangest quote. He didn't say, "Ah, oh, it's an invasion." Here's what he said. We all know what that is. Don't say anything. It went down below decks. <laughs> and only Ike could do that. Only Ike could do that. It was Ike who was in Washington, D.C. in summer of 52. Yeah, when the, the flyover. Invasion. So naturally, it would be Eisenhower. Yeah. After he took office. It's January 1953. One of the first things he does is he gets us out of Korea, right? We can't win this. Mm -hmm. Get out. You know, for God's sake, get out. Yeah. Next year, the French beg him to rescue the French Foreign Legion contingent and, and, um... that's surrounded at Dien Bien Phu by the North Vietnamese Army, by the Viet Minh. You know what Eisenhower does? He refuses. He says the last thing America is going to do is get into a colonial land war in Asia. How stupid is that? We don't get involved.
it is now it um eisenhower has a meeting eisenhower was a peacemaker yeah he has a meeting with the ets at uh, edwards air force base mm-hmm. in california they agree to an open skies treaty they can surveil us we won't shoot them down they give us technology we don't tell right that is the same basic treaty that Eisenhower brought to Khrushchev mm-hmm. after the Soviets shot down the Gary Powers U-2. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you could see a pattern here. Well, yeah, and again, there's press, it was either, was it Richard Bissell or Bedell Smith? But that was the idea, right? It was to, to go, you come check on us, we come check on you. You exactly. see our nukes, we see your... So there is precedent for that. Right, so when we're talking about UFOs in the White House, UFOs in the presidents, here's an example with Eisenhower of how dealing with extraterrestrials, dealing with UFOs, brought Eisenhower to the position where he could actually negotiate an open skies treaty with Khrushchev to cool off the possibility that we get into a nuclear war by accident. Mm. I mean, you could see how that policy worked. Mm-hmm. Um, same policy with Ronald Reagan. You you know the story, because we talked about this, of Ronald Reagan driving down Pacific Coast Highway, yeah. sees a UFO, gets a message, get out of politics, uh, get out of TV. Dude, you're too old for this. Get into politics. Becomes the president of the United States. Now, as president, he has seen a UFO. So this is not, oh, Mr. President, we have a big disclosure for you. Yeah. This is, I can know what it was. Yeah. He told everybody at that party for Bill Holden yeah. at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel, Lucille Ball's mind was blown. She told me. She said, he said he's like flying saucer. This is post-Desi. So, um, <clears throat> no, it's actually during Desi. The um, it was Desi, by the way, who bought Star Trek from uh, Gene Roddenberry, Desi Arnaz. But so she, so she reveals the story. Now, Reagan is talking to Bush, who was head of the CIA, as vice president, and Cap Weinberger. They detail to him what they know. So when Reagan meets Gorbachev in Reykjavik, Iceland. They both know the truth at this point. Why are we fighting? Spaceship comes down and we're fighting each other. Yeah. We're easy prey. Yeah. We come together in a minute. Says the same thing to the UN. That's why when he talks to Steven Spielberg after the screening of E.T. at the White House, He's able to say to Spielberg, "You and I both know that's yeah. not um, uh, 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 that's not fiction. Yeah. That's science." Yeah. So he was another major UFO president. The other president who was killed before, uh, because of UFOs was John F. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one reason for the assassination. John F. Kennedy, and I'd love to talk to Barack Obama about this. I'd love to ask him one question. Why are you so fascinated with the story of Betty and Barney Hill? Yeah. Is it because they were an interracial marriage and, and you grew up in an interracial relationship? I mean, is that what it is? Or is it something else? Because the story of Betty and Barney Hill, so you're President Kennedy. 
you um, are, let's do some background. Yeah. Kennedy was a patient of Dr. Max Jacobson, Dr. Feelgood, who was doping him up with methamphetamine from the time before the first debate with Richard Nixon, he was doped up with meth. Then he was also a devotee along with um, the divorced, well, his mistress at Harvard was Mary Pinchot, mm -hmm. um, who married Cord Meyer, and Cord Meyer was in Dallas when Kennedy was shot. And so, but they were both devotees of Timothy Leary. Timothy Leary was giving both of them LSD. Yeah. And the army was experimenting with yeah. LSD as early as 1953. Turn on, tune in, drop out. Exactly. <laughs> so here's a case where Kennedy, it is 1961. And he looks at Look Magazine and they're on the cover, well, 62, but they're on the cover of Look Magazine on the picture of Betty and Barney Hill, an interracial couple, abducted by aliens. That's what this one was in Look Magazine. Yeah. You look at this thing, it's an interracial couple, normal, everyday, not army, not navy, not this, not that, not postal worker, abducted by UFOs on a lonely road in New Hampshire. Yeah. It fascinates Kennedy. That, I believe, is why Kennedy said we have to go to the moon by the end of the decade. Now Kennedy is exorcised mm -hmm. about UFOs. He's like going crazy. He finds out about Area 51. Remember, Area 51 opened in 1955. So Kennedy was president at that point. He is so, and they tell him, look, Mr. President, yes, there are things from outer space that fell at Area 51. We keep there. And they tell him, yes, there are creatures in those devices that are at Area 51. So he knows this. So now he's impressing Marilyn Monroe with whom he's having an affair. He had a very mm -hmm. torrid affair with Marilyn Monroe. In fact, she wrote that of all the men she ever knew, and and hey, she was married to Joe DiMaggio. Joe yeah. D. Yeah. And um, in fact, he said that she had to leave movies and she refused. That's why they divorced. So um, in fact, I know there's one, I'll tell you this one story at the end. So there's no guy she can trust. And remember, she was raped at 14 years old by yeah. um, her foster uncle. She falls madly in love with Kennedy. Falls in love with Kennedy to the point where she goes to Jackie Kennedy and said, Jack is going to divorce you and marry me and I'm going to be first lady. And so Jackie says to Marilyn Monroe, good luck with that, boy, you can have it. <laughs> Joe Kennedy Sr. is beside himself with fury. Yeah, he's the patriarch. He wants the. Yeah, he... You do not want to have your son get divorced in the White House. No. First Catholic president? No. Not going to look good. The Rangers have Marilyn Monroe killed. But before that happens, Kennedy dumps her. 
She has an affair with Bobby Kennedy. You know, RFK Jr. wants to run for president. Love to see him on a stage. I'd love to debate him myself. And um, so she, Bobby Kennedy dumps her. Now she calls Bobby Kennedy at the Justice Department. And she says, I'm going to blow the whistle on your brother. I'm going to say how we had an affair, how he told me about the little men from outer space that fell that we keep in Area 51. Well, imagine that phone being tapped by the CIA. James Jesus Angleton. tapped by the FBI. Yep. Done. It was a few months later that Marilyn Monroe was killed. Done. But Kennedy had to go. Yeah. Because he's talking out of the side of his mouth. He's, he's talking, he's doing pillow talk. Then Kennedy does the unthinkable. Because of what happened with this Yem regime in Vietnam and all the drugs, because that's the reason we were in Vietnam. In the yeah, first of course. Place. Yeah, shipping heroin back in body bags. Right. So uh, because of that, he says we're pulling out of Vietnam. That's the end of him. And so that's why he had to go. And so when the CIA went to Lyndon Johnson and said, you have two choices, two, because of the Bobby Baker scandal in the Senate and you were implicated, choice one, go to jail, never get your $200 and stay in jail for years. Two, do what we say and go to the White House and collect your $200. Easy choice, right? Yeah. What do I have to do what you say? Oh, here's what we want you to do. Two things. One, the president is going to die. You've got to close down the investigation. Mm-hmm. Two, get us into Vietnam. That's all you got to do. And you can be president. Yep. That's what he does. Yeah. That's why in 1968, he says, I'm not running. I can't do this. I'm done. He was pressured. He was pressured to do this. He fell we into a deep, deep a depression. War. Think of Tet Offensive. Yeah. The Viet Cong actually entered. The North Vietnamese actually entered Saigon and were killing American troops in Saigon. And the Americans in Saigon couldn't have weapons. We were defenseless in Saigon. They were murdering us on the street. Johnson said, that's it. That's it. We're not going to win this war. We can't win this war. I mean, in, in for example, in, in Christmas 1968, North Vietnamese figured just like, because the, the North Vietnamese saw the Vietnamese war the way we saw the American Revolution. I mean, if okay. you read General Giap and people like that, they said, if the Americans did this, why wouldn't they help us? We did the same thing they're doing. England was a colonial power. They overthrew them. And so we're doing with France. What's the big deal? Well, the, uh, uh, the big deal was that neither that Eisenhower did not want American troops dying to defend the Michelin rubber plantations. I mean, that uh, that's really that's what, what it was. was. Yeah. And so... That's why Kennedy was assassinated, because he was going to pull our troops out um, of Vietnam. And they said, that's not going to happen. And that's, but it was Kennedy's fascination 
with UFOs that got him in trouble because of the Betty and Barney Hill story. So, in the in the because I, I got you for for ten more minutes, and as as always, you don't have a say in the matter. You're coming on here again. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that that has evolved more and more? Do you think they have fine honed the mechanism to control the president to where Trump was an aberration? And it's the the status quo is an Obama, a Clinton, a Bush, uh, whatever, to where it's, you know, there are certain things that you can maneuver around. You can do health care, you can do whatever social reform, but there are certain things that you don't touch. I totally agree. I totally agree. I think the big deal is we will tell you when, we will tell you how, we will tell you where. You just go on with your daily lives and just make people live according to habit. But yeah. the last thing you want to do is have a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. They, they, I think they give you, I think they give you some leeway. They let you build your legacy so you can do whatever you build a highway or whatever. Right. Do Obama. They let you do some stuff. Yeah. But I think the big stuff, moving in or moving out of Iraq, moving in or out of Ukraine, Area Fifty One. I don't think, I I really I'm, I've I've always warmed up to it, but now I'm I'm pretty certain the president has as much ability to sway that as I do. Right, I don't think he does. No, I really do. In fact, one of the things, one of the problems with Donald Trump, I mean, whatever your politics are, I don't care. Sure. But whatever the problem with Do- but the problem with Donald Trump is that he didn't understand the limits. He didn't play ball. Presidency. He wouldn't play ball. Well, it's, just, it's, it's not even a matter of playing ball. It's a matter of when you've run your own. I, I mean, I run my own business. Sure. Nobody really tells me what to do. I mean, I work for Disney. Yeah. I work for Fox. I'm on Fox TV. But, you know, it's like I go and I do the. But it's not like you're an employee. Yeah. And the president is an employee. He's not an owner. Hmm. It's a good point. You know, when you think about that. Trump he's comes in as a CEO. Yes, he's an employee of the government, just like a guy delivering mail. Yeah. I mean, so you're working for someone as opposed to people are working for you. He's used to the... As the head of the Trump organization. Correct. Okay, good point. Everybody worked for him. Good point. If he said jump off that roof, you... if you didn't jump off the roof, you quit. Yeah. Okay, uh, it wasn't a case of well, let's discuss. No, you do it or you're fired. Yeah, the hammer. It's it's the hammer. That's what it is. As president, you can't do that. First of all, most of the people who work in the federal government are civil service workers, mm-hmm. which means they have enormous protections as civil service workers. Remember how the civil service got started when McKinley was killed because the person couldn't get a job. Mm-hmm. That started the Secret Service to protect the president and, and the civil service to um, have a bunch of regular routines to get jobs and stay on the job. So that's civil service, so he can't fire them. Then they have a union. It's a federal workers union. That's first of all. He can order aides to do anything he wants them to do, but if they do things that are illegal, they're the ones in trouble. That's why you have White House attorneys. Mm. So suddenly, 
Now, when we were writing our book on Mickey Rooney, years and years ago, I was, Donald Trump was a good friend of Mickey Rooney's. He put him in a musical. He tried to get him to invest money. He took him to a golf course to get other people to invest money. He was friends with him. He, he liked the guy. So we asked Donald Trump, we, this is before he was president, about Mickey Rooney. And he was laughing. He was telling stories about how crazy Mickey Rooney was and these crazy ideas he had. And we asked him, why do you want to run for president? It makes no sense. You're under a microscope. Yeah. You can't do what you want to do. You can't fly where you want to fly. Go every day do. You're under a microscope. He said, I'm never going to be president. So he said to us, I'm never going to win. But he said, I'm running for my brand. I know. I also believe that. I believe he. I don't think he thought he was going to win. You know how he won? Here's my theory. Okay. Do you know the story of how Paul Manafort gave Konstantin Kalimnik the polling results for key districts in Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona? Yeah, mm -hmm. that was one of the things that Manafort was. Um, indicted for it. Okay. He handed private, exclusive Trump polling data to the Russians. Okay. It was in those districts where the polls shifted. Yeah. So I believe Donald Trump never wanted to be president. He wanted to make money. Of course. It was the Kremlin that fixed the votes on those machines that got him to be president because Donald Trump said he never felt more terrified when he found out that he won. You can see it when he walks out. He was terrified. Yeah, he goes complicated, but you can see it in his eye. Like, Melania's looking at him. I think he's like, yeah. whoa, no. <laughs> it's the Peter principle. Yeah. Imagine being elevated to the point <laughs> beyond your confidence. That's what it is. You're going, oh, I was not supposed to win that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. And and the Russians had their man. Yeah. That's why there's been such a catastrophe in Europe. Yeah. Putin thought, I'm in. Yeah. Now he finds out, I'm out. Yeah. It just, it really does make you feel more and more like, there's just, it seems to be that, like, the more you read and the more you just do your own critical thinking and, don't be afraid at expressing ideas that are out there. Just be like, let's just throw this at the wall and see what sticks. My rational mind, not what I want it to be, not that I want the Republic to be real and that I want America. Remove wants. Just actual, if I'm a betting man and there's a gun in my head, what do I really think it is? I think that there is probably some form of council, some unelected mixture of military elite and billionaires and there are no terms they decide what it is and the presidency is just a it's a theater that goes on in the foreground you and i watch movies on planes we have no control over piloting it i think that's Absolutely. what it is it's the same thing with the president uh, the president could write an executive order yeah i mean if you look at the con no uh, the big thing is the structure of the constitution when the framers were putting it together, the first thing they put together was the legislature. Hmm. 
The second thing they put together was the executive to carry out the duties of the legislature, not to make decisions for the legislature, but to carry out the decisions of the legislature. The muscle man. Difference. And a Supreme and a court, a judiciary, an Article Three, to adjudicate conflicts between individuals, between states, or among the or between the states and between the states and the federal government. I mean, that was the purpose of it. So when you realize that it's the legislature that's the most important thing, it it just shows how crazy things have gotten now in fighting over who has more power mm. when the Constitution makes it perfectly clear who's the most powerful. Yeah. And the situation we're in now is that over the years, this is again where disclosure is going to come in handy. As governing has become more and more complicated, it's one thing to govern. It's it's eighteen it's eighteen twenty, right? There's no television, no telephone, no telegraph. Government, although it's tough, is just relatively easy. Yeah. But. But the problem is that um, as we get more technologically advanced, who's going to make the decisions? That's what we're dealing with right now. Yeah. Um, and with that, let's wrap this one up. Thank you again. Thank you for your patience today. Oh, I, I appreciate I, it. It's always been fun. No, man, I love having you. I love. I love. Uh, the, you. I love having you on because you. You and I can just throw out any idea. Versus some people, I have to be more. I love talking to you because we can just jump right into it and be like, "We're not the first civilization." I'm like, "Of course not." We just go right in. I, I I genuinely love it, and I too am my own boss, so uh, I wouldn't keep having you back on here if I didn't really love talking to you. I re I really okay. do appreciate it. And uh, guys, go into the description. Please go grab his book. It's fantastic. I will shoot you an email after this next uh, podcast I have to do, and we'll schedule another one. And it, and I won't and I won't it won't be a short one crammed into the evening. We'll set out some more time so you and I can flesh out some more ideas. Great. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Mr. Burns, Bye -bye. thank you so much. You too. Thanks for watching, everybody. Recording Stay stopped. safe out there. God bless. Peace.